Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I am your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I am your Herd Mom, Megan. Welcome to the Middle Ages, where we all have the plague. <laughs> yes, this is ye old podcasty, uh, talking about ye old Star Wars. <laughs> ye old death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that uh, positive note, <laughs> uh, yeah... Welcome back to our main show, where we dive into a big old topic each week here at Nerd Herder, and obviously by the title, if you can't tell, we're talking about Boba Fett today. My favorite character, one of my favorite characters. Um, I have a lot, but Boba Fett's definitely near and dear to my heart, uh, and I mean, you like Boba Fett. I do. I like you. Yeah, so by, by, by default, you like Boba. By osmosis. Um, you know, and we come from do two different uh, fields of Star Wars, uh, as we've discussed before. I've kind of just I was born into it. You've kind of picked it up a lot more in recent years. I simply adopted the Boba Fett. You were born into it, <laughs> yes. molded by it. Yes. yes. Uh, but uh, so by that, I have a lot more of the legend stuff in my back pockets when I'm considering characters like this and so forth and so on, yeah, as opposed pockets. to you. I do have big pockets. There's a lot of legends we're going to... And so that's kind of like <laughs> what we're going to talk about. We're not going to do so much of a uh, canon versus legends comparison. We will mention legends just because there's so much more of Boba Fett's story there than there is in canon. Mm -hmm. But more so just kind of to unpack the character a little bit. Kind of a character study of Boba Fett. Um, you know, since you've kind of been reintroduced to him thanks to Clone Wars, bringing him back. Thanks, Clone Wars. Um, and, yeah, we're even going to talk about Jango Fett because they're kind of inseparable uh, when when talking about the uh, layers of the character and so forth and so on. So it's going to be, uh, I, I think, some interesting conversation ahead of us. Um, some good stuff there. Obviously, we have Q&A at the end. We have some uh, quite a few answers, again, uh, to the questions we asked you. And we got a couple more questions. Uh, to answer here today at the end of the show. But before all of that, Megan! Yar! We got news. We do We got, got news. news for days. Boy, howdy, we, do we got It's news. only been a week, and my goodness, right? uh, it's kind of blown up. It's not so much that there's just a, a whole bunch of news, it's just that the news that we do have uh, is thick. It's It's got a lot to it. Uh, and so uh, it's going to be some interesting conversation there. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, that said, if today's episode's a little bit longer, if the news runs a little bit longer, we do apologize. But, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can pause. You can uh, rest and recoup and come back later. You know, you don't have to uh, uh, digest it all at once. So, uh, yeah, pace yourself if you need to. Uh, you wimp. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We love you. Hey. But, yeah, no, if it's a long episode, that's that's partly why. It's because we got some news to get into. So without further ado, tell me some news. Adieu. 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 Uh, adieu. I femaled you. <laughs> um, so, in gaming news, John, the moment you've been waiting for, the Dooku has made his appearance. Yes. The Count of himself. Yep, he is released today, so, uh, well, today when you're listening to it, we're lying to you. Today's Tuesday for us, so I know nothing about Dooku. 
Uh, other than what was in the community transmissions, I, I, I haven't had any gameplay with him uh, or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's definitely uh, the case. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, based on the details that were kind of given about him, I am more excited for him than I thought I would be. I kind of looked at it as kind of a, uh, yeah, it's Dooku. That'll be cool eventually to get. But now I'm thinking I probably will go ahead and just get him as soon as he's available. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have that many credits, so that's kind of why I was going to postpone, but now I kind of do want to get my hands on him now, because uh, he sounds like he's going to be an interesting character, more so for the heroes versus villains side, so interesting um, stuff. I'm sorry to tell you, John, but credits will not suffice. What's that supposed to mean? No, they won't. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Yes. Every time you say the word credits, credits will happen. credits will do just fine. Okay. I mean, I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to be complaining to Ben Walk on Twitter. Waving your hand around like you're some kind of Jedi. <laughs> um, the Coruscant Guard clone trooper appearances will be pushed back to February to coincide with the other clone trooper updates, including more canon appearances. Uh. <coughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. I okay with that? Like I said, I don't have enough credits for everything coming out at once. I still haven't bought the 212 uh, clone trooper skins, so I mean, there's just going to be a lot that's going to have to wait while I get credits. I just can't play as much as I I wouldn't say have to, but as much as I want to to earn the amount of credits to purchase everything that they're releasing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, there's not that much that can be done. So, if I only have one purchase to think about, which is Dooku right now, I'd prefer that, and I'll worry about the clones later. <laughs> Although, I really do want the Coruscant Guard, because, you know, the the whole idea of moving it to February is they're redoing the appearances to be more canon, um, as opposed to their kind of uh, artistic take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if that's the case, then the Shock Trooper should be available for uh, the, <coughs> at least the Assault, the, the Shock Trooper design, so I'm hoping so. Um, that one? Yes. The, well, the okay. clone version of that, yes. And you couldn't see that, but I was pointing behind me to our wall of helmets. Yeah, I have a shot trooper, storm trooper helmet. Yes. Uh, which is double trooper. <laughs> double trooper. Uh, but yeah, so um, all that to say, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't have the money to spend on all these things. Uh, In-game money. I always feel like I have to clarify because I, I just have so many friends that are like, yeah, are you still wasting money on EA? It doesn't cost any money now. Like, you know, yeah. they've, they've re largely removed that. So, but anyway, but yeah. So that's, I, I can understand some people probably being upset with it, but also, I think it's fine. We've gotten a lot of clone skins recently, so mm -hmm. I'm okay with it being pushed back. Yeah, it's all going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Geonosis will be will begin being available to play in other game models, including arcade and a mini version for Blast and Heroes and Villains. I'm excited for that because I'd I'd love some new scenery for Heroes versus Villains, especially. But yeah. I'm glad to just see Geonosis being uh, spread around in the game modes a little bit more. Yeah, can't wait um, to see you be angry in other places. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I enjoy Geonosis. Um, I get frustrated playing the droid side, but that's part of some things they're fixing as, as well, mm -hmm. so that it's not just a total death sentence to not be on the clone trooper side. But Yeah. I mean, it, 
there's a few game modes that feel like that, especially in uh, Star Starfighter Assault, mm -hmm. where it's like if you get the first order, if you get the uh, separatists, then you. I mean, you might as well just try and get battle points so you get credits, but you're not you're not getting the objectives. Yeah. It. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. There's people that do it, but it's really honking difficult. Um, as opposed to you know, if you were just on the other side, it's one it's one of those things. Mm -hmm. But I mean. Again, at the end of the day, I, I go for the I go for the, the points and everything, whether we win or not. Yeah. You know, I just try and earn points so that I can get credits. That's that's my main goal with multiplayer now. Hmm. Gotcha. Got to get those creds. Get that bread, John. Get the bread. Get the digital bread. Uh, more details and fixes in the community transmission. If you want all of the details and more gaming news. But don't take my job, please. I'm already enjoying it. Yeah, we give, we give you the highlights. But there's, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, probably like 20 different patches and bug fixes that they're rolling out. Not like major stuff, just little tweaks here and there, which there always are, and there's always going to be with games. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, we just don't know it, but, you know, they're very transparent, and they include everything they are tweaking and working on or planning to um, in the community transmissions. So if there's any part... Uh, of the game that you're hoping they're working on, go see the community transmissions to see if they are. Unfortunately, as far as I could tell, I did not see anything about Squad Spawn yet being fixed. Squad? Um, which is meh. I mean, my I, I enjoyed the little bit of boost of ca uh, credits that you would get um, just because it helped. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because the more battle points you get, that translates to more credits, so... Obviously, it was both being exploited and it was just happening where people got extra, so it was removed, but it just seems like they haven't fixed that yet. I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it for gaming news. Um, on to comic news, John. Yeah. First of all, Star Wars number 60 is out today and John is excited. I am excited. Because Scar Squad is back. Scar Squad. Uh, it's not new. They've kind of, I mean, it's been culminating to them returning. Uh, but they have returned, and uh, Luke is facing off with Sarge, and it's going to be good. I love Scar Squadron so much. I knew some of those words. So much. So it's an elite uh, group of stormtroopers. Uh, it's almost like... If anyone's seen the Bad Batch clone arc, it's kind of like that, but for Stormtroopers, where it's like they don't quite fit in with the rest of the stereotypical Stormtroopers, so they kind of just put them together in an elite group. And you've got, you know, their very specialty. Of, obviously, you have Sarge, the leader, who's just always cool. You have the, you have the uh, heavy with the big weapons and explosives. You have the sniper. You have the pilot. You have the technician. You know, so it's a very specialized mm -hmm. group of... Stormtroopers that look cool and are cool, and highly recommend anyone that hasn't delved into that from the Star Wars main comics to do that because it's great. <laughs> uh, it's a great story, just in general. I'm not. I don't want to. Maybe one day we'll talk about that sort of thing. Maybe talk about you know the specialty units of Star Wars and whatnot. Uh, but Scar Squad, did, it definitely, if I had to rank it, would be up there, pretty mm -hmm. close to Arc Troopers probably. Just cool. Seems like it would be a uh, a title. From a Kevin Scott novel. What, Scar Squad? Yeah. Maybe. Scar Squad! What's well, uh, Super Commando or Special Commando Assault? 
uh, acronym. Rim, so, yeah, it's it's, some, <laughs> it's an acronym for something. I, I the nerd in me is is shamed that I I don't know it off the top of my head, but it stands for something. But yeah, uh, yeah, they're just really cool. They're just I mean that that's the bee's knees of it. They're really cool. You just made yourself less cool. <laughs> I I don't try to be cool. Obviously. <laughs> I just try to be me, which is the coolest thing you can do. I like you. <laughs> I, you better. I like you. Yay. For the... those that don't know, we we uh, celebrated four years of marriage last week. Yeah, we did. We were going to talk about that on the episode that, uh, due to technical issues, did not get out yeah. last Friday. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's not really anything. That's just saying that you know we're two Star Wars nerds in love and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've been if we hadn't been to, if we hadn't gotten together, there would be no nerd herder. So exactly. we've been together for six years. Yep, to be together six, married four. So yeah, wow. Yep. Before you, I didn't have a relationship that lasted six minutes. <laughs> I I can't think of anything to say to that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. Oh. I wasn't very good at dating. <laughs> is what you should. Who is? <laughs> Uh, definitely not Luke. No, he's not. If you've been reading the main Star Wars run, you'd be seeing that. He ain't got no luck with the ladies. Oh, come on. Even when he finds a pretty one. Who might be Mandalorian. Maybe? Speculate responsibly. Speculate. That, that's me shamefully admitting I want something, but probably (laughs) not, but... That's all of our conversations about the Mandalorian. (laughs) Right, it's just like, I want it, but probably probably not. not. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So... We got some great details about the upcoming Age of the Rebellion series, like Age of the Republic. It is a series of one-shot comics about some of our favorite characters from the Rebellion era. Uh, We got a reminder of the characters of the series, including Princess Leia. It will start, uh, she will start the series in April, and it will focus on her plan to rescue Han after Empire Strikes Back. Which... (laughs) That was a heavy sigh. Well... As I, as someone that likes forces, I know not everybody does. I like forces of destiny. I'm yeah. gonna put that out there. I enjoy the shorts. I enjoy the animation. I enjoy the stories. It's nice and fun, and I can watch them with my niece. Uh, that said, forces of destiny already did it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not sure about this one. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if maybe they're just saying, "Hey, well, not many people." watched Forces of Destiny, so let's tell that story, but in a more, uh, I want to say mature, I mean, you know, a more normal Star Wars Mm -hmm. story. I I don't know, but, yeah, it's already out there for Forces of Destiny, unless it's going to tell it from a different perspective or put a different spin on it, but, I mean, it's a Leia comic. A lot more Han abs. Uh, no, he's frozen in carbonite. True, but still. They have different comics. Rock hard abs. (laughs) Not hard enough to stop a lightsaber, but whatever. Hey, <laughs> he was old and flabby. <laughs> Aren't we all? Anyway, yes. but uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's Princess Leia, it's going to be good, but at the same time, I'm also like, eh. Yeah. We're, we're, I, 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 I'm not going into it expectant of a new story, obviously, since I know what it, what it is, but. Yes. I'm sure it'll still be a great story. I don't want to, I don't want to subtract from the excitement of it. Um, I. Even knowing what the story's <laughs> going to be, I'm going to read it Pardon. excitedly anyway. The same way I already knew the story of Rogue One and Solo, but I still read the comic adaptations. Because mm-hmm. I love 
when it puts it in art format. And it does add a couple of different things, so I'm still going to read this excitedly. Mm -hmm. Because Princess Leia, so. Hey guys. Hi. Bought then a Star Wars story. Come in 2019. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay, I'm going to add, is it a Bothan, and just, we're going to judge you harshly. That's fine. Most people do. I'm, oh. That was, it's real life, Megan. <laughs> that was sad. Um, anyway, Grand Moff Tarkin, which will involve, get this, the Death Star. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. Uh, I wish they would tell some other story with Tarkin. I mean, he's so closely associated with the Death Star that I get it, but at the same time... Tell us something else. The time off Grand Moff Tarkin regretted not putting railings on the Death <laughs> right. Star. Well, I mean, I would just, I would like, you know, uh, you know, Tarkin Initiative was a program in the Empire that was all about stuff like the Death Star, crazy Imperial weapons, and it's like, tell us about some other crazy weapon he worked on or something. Like, it doesn't always have to be the Death Star when you're talking about Tarkin. Now, yeah. Krennic, I understand, that was his baby, but with Tarkin, it's like, he stole that baby. So, it, uh, like... I just had an idea. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maternity cosplay. And <laughs> director Krennic. And the baby's the Death Star. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Paint your Toby like the Death That's Star. That's funny. Ben Brophy would love that. Can't wait to be pregnant. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, a special issue will feature a Yoda story. Uh, a Biggs and Porkins story, and most importantly, an IG-88 story. You just made the audio on the thing spike so much. I don't care. All of the excitement. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I was so happy when I saw that. Yeah. Um, I like that Yoda's not getting much, <laughs> just because during that time... Screw that guy. <laughs> well, no, I just mean, during during that time, during the rebellion... When he wasn't he's doing on, much. Yeah, he. I mean, he shouldn't get much of a story... I'd love if he maybe, uh, if it's a story about him discovering the Force Tree, you know, or going in there himself. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be interesting. Story of him going to the beach, maybe? Uh, there's no beach, just swamp. Visiting. It's all swamp. Visiting the beach. All swamp. On Dagobah. And all swamp. And he looks up and, what is that? <laughs> oh my gosh, No. No, I will. I will laugh if they put a seagull in the background. Though that'd be amazing. I love that. Uh, and then I Biggs love and Porkins. Shirt, by the way. Uh, I'm excited for Biggs. And in Legends, Biggs and Porkins had a very close relationship. Um, Wedge as well. And so, uh, I mean, Porkins was a very. We talked about this on one of our very very first episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, because it was during our Q and A. Porkins was actually really highly regarded as a pilot. Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see some of that make it into uh, canon through this a little bit. Hopefully, not not too many fat jokes though. Well, no, well, not amongst his them. name is a fat joke. Yeah, so kind of, uh, but yeah, not amongst the rebels. They like they no. they they called a there was a Gamorian pilot for the rebels that they called Porkins. Uh, that was his nickname, uh, and you know he he thought they were making fun of him, but he was like, no, that's actually one of our good friends who died at the Death Star. It's a mm -hmm. it's a compliment kind of thing. So Yeah. Yeah, I I, I like the idea of the, the special run that they did. I loved the one for Age of Republic recently. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of doing kind of a, a split issue, uh, focusing on separate characters that may not cool. necessarily need their full story or something like that. Yeah. I thought we had a butt wiggle initiated. No, she was just rolling over. <laughs> Talking about our cat. 
Yes, she is prone to pouncing when she's feeling frisky. All right, we still got a lot of news Sorry. ahead of us. Um, so other issues are going to be Han Solo, Boba Fett, Lando Calrissian, Jabba the Hutt, Luke Skywalker, and finally, Darth Vader. Could have done anybody else. Darth Vader <laughs> has so many comics. So many comics. Ugh. I mean, and he's getting more in March. Yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love the Darth Vader comics. Check I've loved your, everyone that comes out. Yeah, check your screensaver on your phone. But, exactly. But, at the same time, <clears throat> like, when you have an opportunity to tell stories about other characters and you choose Darth Vader, again, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of like, it better be darn good. It's going it to be. It better be honking dang good. <laughs> it better, better be, be ding dang hankin'. Ding dong duggery good. You hear me? How many bad words did you almost say? <laughs> None. Because I'm a saint. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I mean, I love Vader, but gosh, step away from the character. Like, I, I was, you know, I was excited about Chuck Wendig's story. Yeah. When it was canceled, I was like, okay, that's fine. Let Vader breathe. Let some other characters get a story. You know, but it's a one shot. It's, I don't know. I feel like, I guess they just were obligated to do certain characters, but whatever. Um, pretty much everyone else I'm excited about for the ideas of what it could be, you know? Mm-hmm. An idea of maybe we get Han Solo dropping the spices. Maybe we get the story of Boba Fett, you know, trying to get Han Solo delivered to Jabba the Hutt. Maybe we get the story of Lando getting Cloud City. Maybe we get the story of Jabba the Hutt's a strange son. You know, maybe we get the story of Luke Skywalker uh, uh, building his lightsaber. There you go. Yeah, you know, like it's all all of them. I can think of something, but it's like with Darth Vader, they've told so much Darth Vader story that it's like, I mean, and it's like, wh- what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Where's where's it gonna fit for a one shot? Like, I don't know. But that's just me. That's just me. <sighs> Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Not. Huh. Uh, next in comic news, Star Wars TIE Fighters was announced as a tie-in <laughs> to the upcoming novel Alphabet Squadron, which we will talk about very soon. Don't yes. worry. Rest your pretty little heads about that. We will be talking about it very soon. Uh, from a certain point of view, the Rebels are traitors to the Empire, putting uh, innocent people of the galaxy at risk. In the last days of the Galactic Civil War, an elite squadron of TIE fighter pilots, known as Shadow Wing, is assembled to protect the Imperial interests. The Imperial interest is ponies. Mm, ponies. <laughs> Not really. Um, from what we've seen, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, Squadron-focused stories are always a warm welcome to us. Yeah, that one made up a lot of legends, so it's nice to see this coming back. And they're doubling down on it with both the book and now the comic series and everything. Yeah. Um, and this kind of sounds like the successor to, like, Inferno Squad a little bit. But pilot, you know, Inferno Squad is, <clears throat> you know, ground troop oriented. Whereas this sounds like pilot. Uh, well, it is pilot. It, it's all pilots. Yeah. Um, it sounds really interesting. I love that they're doing both perspectives. Um, you know, it is only a miniseries, which means it's probably like five issues, but I'm expecting it's going to be some fun five issues, and it's going to be great to see that Imperial perspective a little bit, mm-hmm. especially since it's probably taking place 
towards the end, if not after uh, Return of the Jedi. So it's going to be that period of the Empire mm -hmm. that's going to probably that's going to be like, you know, the most interesting. I think. Yeah, that's what I like to call the all beans section of the Empire. <laughs> Just right. like, oh no, it's going to happen. It's all happening. What's going on? Uh, finding my place. Um, it will be written by Jody Hauser, who worked on the Thrawn, Rogue One, and Age of the Republic comic series, and art by Giuseppe. Kamakoli. And why is this the name I'm having from? Elia Bonetti. Elia Bonetti, who worked on Charles Soule's Darth Vader series, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, great author, great art. It's all a, it's just a combination for awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Can I tell you how much I love the name Giuseppe? Sure, you can tell me. I love the name Giuseppe ah, so much. Wonderful. It's such a, it's a good Italian name. Good, good pizza restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. I'm sorry, Giuseppe. Um, lastly, announced this past Monday, we are getting a five-issue miniseries all about Galaxy's Edge, or rather, Black Spire Outpost, which is the heart of the park that will open later this year. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, I was, I was this was a surprise. I mean, yeah. the, the... TIE Fighters series was a surprise as well, but, you know, this mm -hmm. this one, especially, because, like, while, you know, in the realm of possibilities, a, a comic series about TIE Fighter pilots is definitely an option, I never would have thought they would have done something like this for Galaxy's yeah. Edge, so. This was a surprise, but a welcome one. Absolutely. You want to try that word again? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um... So, the synopsis is, readers of the five-issue miniseries will be the first to meet the infamous Doc Ondar, the Ithorian collector of rare antiquities, and find out what happens when the First Order reaches the edge of the wild, well, the edge of wild space. Lord, the key to saving this lawless outpost just might involve a job pulled long ago by another, none other than Han Solo and his cohort Chewbacca. And it's a great way to tease the park. And also to reinforce the fact that this is a planet and location in canon. Did yeah. you hear my wrist just pop? Jeez yeah. Louise. They probably did too. Because <laughs> you're right by the microphone. Sorry. Um, yeah, like I said, I never would have guessed this would be a thing. But it's it's really clever. It's a great way to advertise it. And it, it doubles because everything we see is likely what we'll see in the park. But it's also just what's in in that universe, yeah. you know? Um, that's the crazy thing about Galaxy's Edge, you know, we're going to a place that is in a story and is a part of a story and you are kind of placed in that a little bit. It's mm -hmm. it's really, it, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, they we say it all the time, they say it all the time, it's an immersion experience and it really feels like it with this comic series coming out because, you know, now it's going to feel like, hey, I read a comic about this place. I read about this person. I know about this thing. It's not just going to be like, hey, there's that character. You're going to almost feel like the the stories have come to life a little bit. I mean, imagine. I mean, I'm imagining it from young readers and kids' perspective. Like, this is going to be very real, uh, it, which makes it all the more awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and it just makes me even more excited to buy rare antiquities at this outpost. I'm almost thinking this is the 
animatronic shop person now. It probably will be. Because I kind of guessed it was the Trandoshan because they mentioned the Trandoshan quite a bit in Pirate's Price, but the way they talk about you bartering with it, it makes more sense if it's antiquities rather than drinks. So the Trandoshan is supposed to be at the bar, mm -hmm. whereas this guy is supposed to be like a shopkeep. So it makes much more sense that this would be the animatronic character that we were talking about last week a little bit. Yeah. So... But at the end of the day, <clears throat> I'd love both. I'd love, I'd love both because they're both such classic Star Wars characters. Um, well, not characters, but uh, species. You know, Thorians and Trandoshans are both very prominent and very identifiable Star Wars species. And so, yeah. seeing them, it's gonna be crazy. Also, if you're gonna do a Trandoshan voice, you better do the hissy bits because <laughs> that's my favorite part of Bosk's voice. <laughs> exactly, I love Bosk's voice. Um, so, in book news, we mentioned... We're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we mentioned Alphabet Squadron earlier, and it was exciting to learn this week that the novel will actually be the first of three. We got a trilogy, ladies and gentlemen. We do. And other. Um, yeah, uh, Alphabet Squad being a trilogy seems like a new decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Could... <laughs> I, I think they would have hinted at it before now, but I, I mean, I don't know, I don't assume to know how Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm all work and everything, but I, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't just, mm -hmm. when they announce it, say it's a trilogy, yeah. and why all of a sudden now, go, you know, you're, because even, even the blog recording it, you know, makes it almost sound like it, and... Guess what? It's a trilogy. Like, almost like Ooh. you just found out and you're now telling me. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. I think that's great because that means that they are starting to tell a story that's just too big for one book. And that's awesome because in Legends, you rarely had... I mean, uh, I, rarely is maybe not the right word, but most often, stories were series. You would finish one book and there'd be nine more waiting for you. You know, it's just... So many books that weren't standalone, and so it'll be great to have a series. You know, we, I don't think we've had a series since Aftermath Trilogy, mm -hmm. uh, and that was right after Force Awakens, so it's been quite a while. So it's nice now that we're getting another series, uh, and that it's tying into a comic series is great because, again, Star Wars Legends used to do that. You'd have a comic that happens in the same time as a book or happens in between one book to another or like you know multimedia storytelling uh and so seeing star wars kind of dig into its roots a little bit with that is great i'm super excited yeah exciting um the cover art is always gorgeous um and features x-wing pilot erica quell who is an imperial defector Love those. Yeah, who's I your, mean, what? Who's your favorite Imperial defector? Go. Uh, like, in, d defected from the Empire Go. or defected to the Empire? Yes, from the Empire. Actually, do we know many people that defected to the Empire? Ooh, no. That'd be I, interesting. That'd be different. Um, <laughs> as of right now, Iden Versio. Bodie. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Iden. <laughs> but Bodie. Uh, uh, why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Both um, is good. Yeah, because I, I saw people complaining about, you know, it's very common. 
uh, it's kind of common because these people are developing their conscience and realizing that the Empire sucks. <laughs> Guys, it's a story development. Right, it's like, I mean... It's like complaining about getting ice cream. Well, I, well, I wouldn't go that far. No. But, I, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, it makes sense why there'd be a lot of Imperial defectors because yeah. they're treated horribly. Uh, you're a part of a horrible organization, so of course there'd be a lot of them kind of leaving. You know, there'd be an exodus quite often, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, um, like, just you're sitting in your room one day and all of a sudden you're like, oh... Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> I did not, not only that, but honestly, I think in, there's a lot of Imperials out there with a far superior training to Rebels. Mm -hmm. You know, in this case, her being a pilot and everything. You know, Aiden when she defected, she was instrumental because of her skills as an Imperial. Uh, and it's not to say that every Imperial has better credentials, but quite a few do because it's a it's a massive army. You know, they have these resources where a lot of rebels are guys that just picked up pitchforks and rifles and said, I don't want to. You know, you I, don't, I, I want ass. to resist. I want to rebel. Yeah. So a lot of these guys, you know, that's part of the struggle of the rebellion is they're made up of just regular people a lot of the time. Yeah. Just imagining, like, disrespect your surroundings. <laughs> well, not quite that much. That's what the Imperials think of rebels. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I don't... I. I think it's great. I think it's going to be an interesting plot point, especially if maybe she's a part of Shadow Wing, mm -hmm. um, a part of the Special Forces TIE unit uh, that was mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can, I can really, knowing she's an Imperial Defector, I can almost see some kind of link that we're going to get from the TIE Fighter comic mm -hmm. that's going to be instrumental to her character development in the book. So It's likely. I mean, they're coming out. Yeah, they're, right they're, the they're side by side, so I have to imagine yeah. it's going to uh, bleed into each other a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're, they're Italian, but I mean, I think her story as an Imperial Defector is going to be a big part of both stories being linked together. Yeah. Um, and, and, John, very yes, important, uh, it is revealed that the New Republic General, Hera Syndulla, is the one who authorized Alphabet Squad's mission to hunt the Imperial Leftovers. Yeah. Meatloaf. <laughs> um, I was so excited to see that. that yeah. That's awesome. Because, I mean, we know she's there, but at the same time, it's nice to read that. Mm -hmm. New Republic General uh, Sandula. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, and I really hope it's not just, like, she's in a briefing room story and then done. I do want Hera to have a good place in this. Yeah. Um, she deserves a good place in this. And so I think that'll be I, I love I love the idea of it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and so yeah. I, it's exciting. They you know, someone uh I can't remember who on Twitter put it, but it it perfectly had it where, you know, at first you had me intrigued, now you have my attention. And that's really how I feel about this. Like yeah. I was interested because it reminded me of yeah. uh the ex the the Rogue Squadron books and such. I, I yeah. was interested. Now that I know about it, I'm in. I am all in. I love this. I yeah. love the way it's shaping up and what it sounds like it's going to be. It's probably a good time for someone to have, I don't know, an Audible subscription? <gasps> With all these books coming out. All these books, and you got two years. What you going to do? <laughs> right. Uh, so, with that, we're going to transition into our Banking Clan transmission. That was a all good right. transition. Yeah. And then we will be back with our main show.
guys, as always, this is the part of the show where we throw some things at you from Amazon in hopes that you'll buy them, love them, enjoy them, and as a uh, lovely little benefit to your purchases, it goes to support the show. So, we have some usual things. We have some other new things. Uh, each week we try and find some new things while also continuing to let you know about all the other awesome stuff you can do, uh, like Audible. As we mentioned, uh, Alphabet Squad's coming out, uh, along with so many other books, Master and Apprentice, Thrawn Treason, uh, and Queen's Shadow. And guess what? The cool thing is, you've got one book a month from April, May, June, and July, I believe. Yes. And each month with Audible, you get a, a free book, meaning when these books release... You could get them all free each month. Oh, boy. And in between, once you get it, you can just listen to it while you're driving to work or while you're working at your desk or while you're cleaning the apartment or house, whatever you have, and all that good stuff. Uh, while you're shopping, you can be listening to books literally all the time. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Think of all the books you could digest because you're listening to them. Think about how much you listen. Yeah. Now think about how much you read. What do you do more? I listen. Exactly. Put books in your ears, guys, and we're helping you do it with Audible. You can get Audible for one month free and get your first uh, two books for free. So you sign up, you got an awesome deal, you've got access to so many books, yeah. and you get two free upon sign up. Yeah, which you is do. awesome. Uh, and so there's a link in the description where you can check that out. Get you an Audible description now. Audible description. Audible description subscription. Yes. You know what I'm saying. Uh, likewise, uh, we also have a link for Amazon Prime 30-day free trial. Um, there's so many awesome things you can do with Prime, and there's so many different versions of Prime. I literally just found out that there's a version of Prime where you can buy food. $15 a month, and you can have food delivered to your house. Like, so much Prime. Uh, but th we're talking about Amazon Prime Prime, regular Prime. 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 But you can check out the other ones. Prime if you're a student, uh, there's... Prime deals on student-related things like books mm -hmm. and desk and I don't know. I haven't been a student in a long time. Put things in your mouth. Uh, well, Ramen noodles. Uh, not Tide Pods. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's Student Prime. There's Video Prime. So many Primes, guys. Well, we're going to link to the main kind of Prime that you can get. And you can venture down that rabbit hole there and find the one that's right for you. But there is a Prime out there, and all of them you can get for 30 days for free, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a link, top deals of Amazon. That's in case you don't like the other Star Wars-specific links that we throw at you. If you want to check out your other boring things that are not Star Wars, we have a link for you to do that. But if you want to check out interesting, awesome Star Wars stuff that is also related to today, uh, today's topic, we have links for that. Uh, yeah. A couple links. So, first of all, uh, Boba Fett Funko Pop. If you are like us, you're addicted to Funko. If you're not like us, you will be when you purchase this. Uh, it's a cool little uh, Boba Fett Funko Pop. It's not your typical collection item. It's cute. So what more do you need? Yeah. Um, we have a link to a uh, cool little Boba Fett Funko Pop. And we also have a link to Age of Republic Jango Fett. Uh, it was a comic recently released, uh, and it's all about Jango Fett and Boba Fett. It's literally Bring Your Son to Work Day in that comic. It's awesome. And there's a link to it. You can get the physical version, or you can get the digital version. But it's a great comic that we're going to talk a little bit about today. And the other comic that we're going to talk about today is Jango Fett Open Seasons, which is one of my favorite, favorite, 
favorite, favorite Legends comics. Like, I cannot express how much I love this series. You can get all four issues collected for $9.99, both digital or physical, or both, literally both. Either way you want to do it, but there's a link in the description for you to decide. But I definitely recommend you check out those two comics if you're a comic reader. Or maybe after you listen to today's show and you're like, huh, I want to know more about that. Yeah. There you go. Check out the links in the description to do that. You're looking at me. I am looking at you. Do you have something weird? I've been asking. I've been waiting. You've been waiting. Um, I actually I've have... I've been waiting. I actually have been... To an... tell you... See, this is why most women don't go on About podcasts. About some weird stuff. Because you this. You can get on Amazon. I'll wait. I'm done. Okay. I um, wanna tell... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm being oppressed. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. All right, okay. go ahead. I have an Audible suggestion. Ooh, so it's not Amazon. Well, it's no. Amazon, but well, not Amazon. Well, I was going to say during the Audible thing. Oh, sorry. You, you just Let me just rewind. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so, uh, one, of, one of my favorite Stephen King novels, and since it is a very awesome lady's birthday this week, um, might I suggest you listen to Christine. By Stephen King. Love that. Such a good book. Love that. Um, um, yeah, that was my fa- that was uh, my mom's favorite uh, Stephen King book and movie. She loved classic cars, and yes. so yeah, love that. We I remember we I mean we watched that movie so many times. So many times. It was also it helped her name was Christy, so mm-hmm. uh, she she used to brag about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, it is read by Holter Graham, who fun fact. Oh. Was the kid in Maximum Overdrive. Really? Yes. What, if you guys don't know what Maximum Overdrive is, it's literally my... Do yourself my, a favor. <laughs> it's my favorite vehicular slaughter film. <laughs> uh, there's no other better way to put it. If you like cars killing people yeah. uh, that don't involve Vin Diesel, then Maximum Overdrive... Or, you know what? You know what? Because it actually applies. If you're a fan of the Green Goblin... <laughs> yeah, like legit. Watch that movie. Find that movie, and you'll be literally confused. As it, you know, who the bad guy in that movie is, guys? A meteor. Yeah. A meteor. Literally. <laughs> so. Such a good movie. Check out that madness. Check out yeah. uh, Christine on Audible. It's a, such a spooky book. Literally, this car walks upstairs, guys. Yeah. That doesn't sound scary. Trust me, Stephen King knows how to make it scary. Yeah. Uh, and then check out all the other awesome links that we have for you in the description. Bunch of cool stuff in there for you. Deals for days. Deals um, for you. We have one more quick little blurb, and then it's back to the show. All right, so now we have reached the moment. The moment we've all been waiting for. Well, not the moment. The moments. Uh, the moments that we spend now talking about one of my favorite characters. Uh, and certainly, I think, as we're going to kind of discuss, a, a bit more interesting of a character than I think some people give credit uh, for. Uh, and that's Boba Fett. And this is no news to you guys, obviously. You've read the title. You listened to the intro. We're talking about Boba Fett. And it's mainly because it coincides with uh, our viewing of the Boba Fett arc. Mm-hmm. In which we see him make a return to Star Wars storytelling uh, mm-hmm. in Clone Wars. 
We see him break my heart, even yeah. more so. <laughs> um, and uh, originally the plan was, you guys would have already heard us talk about that uh, last week on the Clone Wars Rewatch. But, but again, technical issues prevented that from happening. Uh, but it's all water on the bridge. That's going to be happening this Friday. Uh, but really, I mean, we're not going to be focusing specifically on those episodes. Mm -hmm. I think there's parts of that storytelling that's going to come through in our conversations today, uh, certainly as it relates to how Boba feels about other clones and kind of how he deals with his father's death. Mm -hmm. So it's, those elements are going to come up here, um, but not necessarily specifics of those episodes. Don't feel like you're doubling down on the Boba, uh, but at the same time, why not double down on the Boba? Because Boba's awesome. Exactly. But anyway, um, so with those episodes, uh, with seeing those episodes, you know, you've kind of seen what you see in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and then, of course, Young Boba in uh, Attack of the Clones. That's primarily your knowledge of Boba Fett. Like, yep. you know, we've talked, obviously him being one of my favorite characters, I've told you about uh, elements of his stories from Legends, but you haven't read those. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like know, I have, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in a way. Um, you know, you've said, what about this, or how about that, and I've, it's, you know, kind of a, well, in Legends, you know, I feel like I say that a lot with Boba Fett um, as he comes up in our conversations. Yeah. Um, so that said, it, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of... Uh, discuss and kind of pick your brain on how you feel about book because I mean you know it I don't take for granted how interesting it is that you are pretty much only canon mm -hmm. you're you know you're a canonite you know canon and that's mostly it yeah um you know like certain characters you love like ig88 and so forth you do know the legend story of um but for the most part you haven't really been exposed to that so you're almost pure in the sense of, you know, when when you have a conversation about Star Wars, you're always talking about canon pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and so, now in some cases, that comes up in the sense of, legend did it. You mm -hmm. know, like, that that's, can tend to be my response, or some people's response to canonites is that, you know, you say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this happens, and you're like, legends did it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also interesting because, like I said, like... I can't take out legends. I can't remove that from my brain, from my knowledge, from, you know, my heart. Um, <laughs> I can't forget that stuff. That was so much a part of my understanding and love of Star Wars coming up. Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that I can't love the new stuff because of legends. It's just to say that it's always going to be in my brain. Yeah. And being able to talk to you, someone who doesn't have that issue, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just really interesting. That's so you understand. Yeah, and and that's what I love to capitalize on with these kinds of discussions is not necessarily have a canon versus legends side of things, but just have a a more unexposed perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, what you think and what you feel is just because of what you know Star Wars to be to you. Uh -huh. uh, you're not influenced one way or another of how you feel about certain things because of legends because you don't know it. So that <laughs> long little intro aside, that yeah. I mean that that's just to say when we do these kinds of conversations, that's what I, I love about it. Mm -hmm. um, is that you know I get to pick the brain of someone who just doesn't have all the hangups of legends. That's uh, true. And if anything, that means you love Boba for a whole 
whole up a whole another reason. Um, you know, you don't have all those cool stories. You have what you have, and <laughs> what? Ignorance is bliss, basically. No, well, no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I just mean you have a whole different. You loving Boba is not because you read tons of comics that made him the coolest guy in the panel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not the person that loves Boba because of that one story. You know, you love Boba because of what you know. Yeah. And what you know is just canon, and that that's significant to me because me loving Boba the way I love him, I can almost not fathom loving him without some of those stories. I think, you know, I've shared before, there's comics and stories that I think of specifically as being the reason I love Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some of those a little bit here. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, two very interesting sides of the cookie uh, in this discussion, I think. <clears throat> uh, and so being able to kind of talk about, you know, uh, Mandalorians. Yeah. You love Mandalorians for Satine and the political peacekeeping. Like, nothing to do with really the cool Mando stuff that most people love. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, we've yeah. talked about, like, Sabine and the Darksaber. You know, you you, you like the cool elements. But, but that's not your big reason. And that's, again, in my brain, it's like, I, it's just so weird. Mm-hmm. It's different. You can't quite wrap your head around it. Well, yeah, because I fell in love with those things for a different reason. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when you find out you have a mutual friend, and you're like, yeah, we did this one thing, and you're like, oh... Well, when I knew them, they were a totally different person. We did this thing, and it's like, we both find ourselves loving the same person, but for different circumstances. Loving you is easy, cause you're Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's so easy to love him, because he is Boba Fett. So, uh, without further ado, then, we'll talk a little bit about that. But Yeah. So, um... My weird brain aside. No, well, no. Bring your weird brain. That is what that bring bring brain to podcast. Uh, that's what makes it interesting. That's the plan. So all that said, you you only really know the canon story of Boba Fett. Yes. So so what do you think of the character overall, based on what you know? Knowing like more of his story and canon, it he just makes me sad. <laughs> He's a very tragic character, and, like, living with him where I'm at in the Clone Wars right now, he's still just a little boy. And yeah. just, wow. That that makes me so sad to know, like, he, he him a baby. <laughs> well, he's 11. Um, That's a baby. <laughs> he's practically like, a fetus. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. I was, I was talking to someone, I think, on Twitter uh, about their dog. Uh, and I was like, oh, poor puppy. And they were like, oh, no, they're like seven. They're not a puppy. And I'm like, um, they're still a puppy. All dogs are puppies to me. <laughs> exactly. Unless they're working dogs. Like, if it's a police dog, that's a dog. <laughs> but when he's off duty, that's a puppy. That's a working puppy. <laughs> he works hard for that bread. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's 11 years old. And just yeah. based, I mean, you're not done with Boba Fett and Clone Wars. I know. But I'm excited. I couldn't wait for the later episodes of Boba Fett. To talk about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, and it'll be revisited in our actual Clone Wars rewatch. I think I wanted to spend a, a full main episode talking about the bulk of it. But, I mean, yeah, he, which Star Wars tragic characters are not new. No. But he's, well, I mean, we'll talk about it. He's got, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting tragedy. Uh, and 
I don't, it doesn't quite excuse things, but it does definitely it, give it. It's an explanation, not an excuse. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, I mean, arguably Boba Fett still can be a little bit of a bad guy. Definitely not necessarily always good guy. Would you say he's bad? Uh, I would say he's morally gray. <laughs> morally pale. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he... I think, now, I mean, we'll talk about his legends, I think legends makes him tragic for very different reasons and in very different ways. Um, but certainly, these Clone Wars episodes especially kind of hit you in the heart with certain elements of this, you, Yeah. you know, you call him baby, but, uh, he, he's 11 years old, but he's formative. Mm-hmm. The things that he's going through in these episodes as, a le- as an 11-year-old are fundamental to the, the man he's going to soon be. Yeah, and that's the thing, is he's 11, he's got a body count already. Yep, yep. Like, jeez Louise. <laughs> yep. Read, read uh, Age of Republic Jango Fett. Like I said, it's bring your son to work day. Uh, and yes, like, we see, like, Boba Fett at, I mean, he's got to be like nine at that point. He, I mean, he, he he's a bad dude, and he's not even a dude yet. He's a dudelet. <laughs> Baby boy. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he's, like... Now, in in Legends, were he a Mandalorian, at the age of 13, he's a man. Yes. The, the Mandalorians treat it, you know, you turn 13, you are a man. Mm-hmm. You're on, you've got your own reputation in your hands, and, and so forth and so on. And so, yeah, that's, but even still, <clears throat> he, he's being molded into the Boba Fett that we know and love that falls into the Sarlacc pit shamefully. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of... Like, seeing Boba Fett fully realized is one thing, but seeing Mm -hmm. his origin and what makes him him, while he's cool in some elements, you also, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's bittersweet because he's cool for tragic reasons, you know? He's uh, the best bounty hunter for tragic reasons a little bit, you know? Everything about Boba has this bittersweet tinge to it because of what was lost Mm -hmm. for him a little bit. Uh, so, knowing his origin, how does that affect your view of him in episode 5 and 6? You know, no, knowing, like, his Attack of Clones, a little the bit you know of Clone Wars, how does yeah. that, when, would you watch them differently a little, or would you see them differently a little bit? There's not much of them to see. But. I'm willing to excuse a lot more of what I know that he has done. It's just like, you've had a bad day, go take a nap. <laughs> um, go murder a village, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what Vader does with his baggage. I know, right? Like twice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has he has that baggage with him yeah. always. Um, Boy has enough baggage to be sponsored by Vera Bradley. Let's be <laughs> honest. I mean, I guess the difficult thing is because he's just you know in those movies he just doesn't have that much. Mm-hmm. There's not much to change about how you view it. Yeah. Uh, if anything, it just makes you. Well, I'll say. It, if anything, it just makes me more curious. Because, you know, he's got four lines. Four lines in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. You know, he, he's got such... You know, and even George Lucas says uh, he regrets it. Yeah. Like, if he knew how popular he was going to be, he would not have killed it. He almost included a scene in Return of the Jedi where we see Boba Fett climb out of the Sarlacc pit. But he didn't include it because then he thought people would expect to see Boba Fett later. Yeah. So... But that clear, like, for George Lucas, in his mind, Boba Fett did survive, 
all because of fan reception. Mm-hmm. So I'd call that canon. Well, I'm really hoping so. Desperately. They've hinted at it. Um, but anyway, but that to say, you know, the love of this character for so little, it, it's hard to really add to that or change that, mm-hmm. in my opinion, just because of his origins. Because yeah. we just don't see enough of him. If anything, you're just kind of looking at him like, what got you here? Because, again, he's fully realized. By Empire Strikes Back, he's fully realized. He's got a reputation. He's he's known. He's amongst the best of the best. What got you here? Mm-hmm. Especially when you see where we leave him off in Clone Wars. I mean, it's not unrealistic that he became the best bounty hunter, but it's just one of those things where there's still a lot of story to tell. I mean, yeah. 19 years worth of story <clears throat> to tell. It's one of those things, like, he's just one of those babes that you're just like, who hurt you? But we know who We know hurt who hurt him. <laughs> Also, I was going to make a joke earlier and say that my emotional baggage is Gucci. My emotional baggage is Walmart, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It all carries depression the same way. Hey, uh, sturdy. That's a joke. Um, so, that said, though, what what do you want to know more about Boba? N- knowing what you know now, though, what what are you most wanting to dig into with him? I just want, like, definitive confirmation that he's alive. Like, <laughs> and if so, like, what's he been doing? Where, where are you now that I need ya? Really, because uh, he would have been uh, third. I think thirty-five or so by by Return of the Jedi. That's so old. No. It's not joking. Which means that if he survived thirty years later, he's. I mean, Rex was in Return of the Jedi. Right. <laughs> so he could have been keeping like Be fine. Bo- like. This, here's the thing, guys. He would be like 65, but he could he could show up in exactly. episode nine, and I would believe it. And Give guess me... what? The sad yeah. thing is, tomorrow Morrison it's close enough. To, he's 52. I was about to say. Like I think he's like 52, 53. Because I looked this up. Like yeah. When when I started thinking about this, I literally did the math. Okay, I was because I was like, okay, he was you know Boba Fett the character was 10 years old and and now what's funny is Daniel Logan was actually 15. Wow. Right. Was, wow! No, this is the thing. <laughs> Daniel Logan is now the age Boba Fett would have been during this period. So, <sighs> Daniel Logan would be perfect for Boba Fett's story, picking up right after Return of the Jedi. Tamar Morrison is pretty close to Boba Fett's actual age if he showed up in Episode Nine. I hope he's a celebration. I really so, do. I, you know, I'm just saying I, the math almost works, guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) I had one of those shower thought moments when I was in the shower last night. I was like, what if they did go with, like, the Solo Twins story? Like, they, it's too late now. Oh. But if, like, rewind back to 2015, if they ever did, if they did decide to go that route, we could have Tamar Morrison just, like, popping up as Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. raising Ben Solo's sister. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, I love the idea of an old man Boba story. I love the idea of a grizzled Boba who's kind of secluded himself and all of a sudden there's this just weird little kid interested in him and he's like, this is my chance to create a legacy. Can we play? <laughs> like, uh, you know, his time has passed. He doesn't have a kid. He doesn't have anyone to continue. And then here comes, you know, this little thing and it's like, eh, I guess your hel- my helmet would fit on you or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Don't blow it up, please. Like, 
I do want the stories... I mean, like I said, there's 20 years mm-hmm. between the end of the Clone Wars and A New Hope, yeah. which in the special edition we see Boba. You know, there's 20 years of story to work with there yeah. that I want something. But I also want Boba fast-forwarded. I want an old man Boba story. Uh, you know, I want something. Because I can't I can't decide. I want Daniel Logan. Yeah. I want Tamora Morrison. I want both of them to be Boba. I just realized what you want. <laughs> what you I really, want, really want? <laughs> you want old man Logan, but with Boba Fett. Exactly! <laughs> that would be incredible. And it's, it's just a, like wheeling around Rex. Right. Well, and the, and the joke is that uh, Mangold, who directed Lo- Logan, was long rumored. He's out. He's come out and said, no, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. But it was long rumored he was doing a Boba Fett film. Yeah. So it, that's when I started getting the idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. Mm-hmm. Old man Boba. That was like the best... Uh, X-Men Universe film. Such a great movie. To me. Such a great movie. Such a good movie. I loved it so much. I mean, yeah. Way outclassed, uh, what's it called? Everything Origins. else? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Why didn't they do that from the start? But I get it. I get it. But anyway, uh, John. Yes. Riddle me this, Batman. Mm-hmm. Why do you like Boba Fett so much? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, just based on the movies, he's just really cool. Mm-hmm. And I always found myself wanting to know more, but even just knowing what I knew about, like, he's got all these weapons, <laughs> he's got a jetpack, he's got a flamethrower, he's got all this cool stuff. You know, there was stories there. Like, even as a kid watching that, I knew there was something more that we didn't know about this guy yet. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to get those stories, and when I started to read those stories and find out more, um, it was just kind of further cemented. Like, when he actually developed as a character. Here's the thing. I'm not going to disagree with anyone that if you just take the films, Boba Fett is overrated. I agree, he is overrated. But, at the same time, if I hadn't been so just curious about this cool character, you know, and if so many others weren't, then I don't think we would have gotten some of the great stories that actually do develop his character. Mm-hmm. No, the films don't develop him. No, I mean, Phasma has more development in the films than Boba. That's a, that's a lie. But m- my point being, I'm There's not, not going to argue mm-hmm. that, yeah, he's not developed in the films, but he is developed in the books and in the comics. And that is what made me fall in love with him. You know, that's what took it past just he's cool to wow, he's actually a really interesting character. He's actually pretty complex. He's actually more than just the cool guy in any scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comics like uh, Twin Engines of Destruction was one of the main ones, one of the first ones I remember uh, reading of Boba Fett. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Tales of the Bounty Hunter uh, mm-hmm. was one of my first Star Wars books, even. Uh, and so Mine too. It, it's one of those things where, like, those stories made Boba Fett for me. Mm -hmm. The movies got me, you know, to go back to what we were talking about, about Alphabet Squadron, which by the way, guys, I'm just going to start calling Al Squad, because Alphabet Squadron is a mouthful, and I'm sick of it. Um, But, you know... It's like saying the entire alphabet. Right, it feels like it. Uh, But, you know, with Al Squad, it's like, okay, I was interested, now I'm in. And it was like that with Boba Fett. The films got me interested, and then the stories that came after made me just uh, cry. Yeah, huh? Cry. 
No. <laughs> uh, but it, it made me love the character. Yeah. Although, I will say, I did see you get a little teary-eyed when we went to Disney for the first time and we watched the, the what's it called? Galaxy Far Far Away show. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's emotional. All, all of all of this thing that you've loved for so many years kind of just really just... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to explain. It's just one of those yeah. things where it's like, yeah, I've seen all of those scenes before. I've heard all of those lines. I've heard this music before. But... <laughs> but the arrangement of it and just being there and then, you know, the cool thing about the show is they the characters come out. Like, they yeah. do some storytelling and then the characters come out. And so, like, yeah, I mean... It's great. It's crazy. It's 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 heart pounding, and, yeah. and I love it. It's one of those shows at Disney that we always try to like fight to get to the front. For. Oh yeah, I love that. The last time we got like right up there and yeah. got to see very up close, I loved it to the point where we like felt the heat from the fire. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Oh yeah. So uh, some details about Boba because you know we don't just want to give our perspective, but talk about some of the things that actually you know. But some of the things that I fell in love with that built Boba mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so the character was first... Uh, okay, so it first appeared at the time, canonically, uh, in ni- the 1978 <laughs> holiday special. Boba Fett's actual first appearance was actually at a parade with Darth Vader. Um, and it wasn't even the final Boba Fett armor. So there's some elements that were hmm. uh, unique on that parade Boba that weren't quite followed through on the final... Uh, concept, and by the way, the reason that Boba's armor is such a different color in um, the holiday special is because the production was so terrible for that <laughs> that when they said, "Hey, we want you to put Boba Fett in," they're like, "Okay, can you provide us with info?" They gave them black and white pictures of the prototype armor, so they didn't even have a complete. Which was black and white. Uh, well, it was white. Um, <laughs> well, no, there uh, there was actually three different versions of prototype armor for ah. Boba Fett. The first was white, but it was black and white. Elements of it were just not finalized, so they made up the colors of Boba Fett's armor for the holiday special. That does not surprise me at all. I actually love the, the color scheme. When you when you apply it to the final design of Boba, the color scheme is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't prefer it over, but I do like it as kind of a yeah. weekend armor outfit. <laughs> I don't know. That's his casual armor. That's his stomping around Tatooine armor. Right. Um, so yeah, so it first appeared in 1978. The, the parade was the same year, so technically it's around the same time. But yeah. um, that was Boba Fett's first appearance. Um, he was portrayed pi- primarily. I'm going to say primarily. There are some uh, other actors that have done very minor stuff or, or, or radio show stuff. I don't, I'm not counting those, but the primary portrayals of Boba Fett uh, are done by nine different actors over time. Jeez. Knowing Star Wars, most people won't think that's that big. Actually, Darth Vader, I think, has even more actors that have portrayed him in major media. But it's still it's still a pretty big deal for a character that has four lines and, I mean, maybe six-minute screen time. Total. Yeah. I like. So, uh, those actors are Don Franks, who voiced him in the holiday special. Which, by the way, I didn't know who that was. Looking him up, this dude is big. He was big in old TV, uh, sitcom, drama kind of stuff. I mean, uh, come on. Really crazy. Um, I mean, to land him as the voice of Boba Fett in this terrible produced, <laughs> terribly produced uh, film, I mean, kind of significant, actually. Uh, then we have the man most attributed to uh, Boba, which is Jeremy Bullock, who played the played Boba 
in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. We have uh, John Morton, who did one scene in Empire Strikes Back when uh, Jeremy couldn't make it to set. Uh, fun fact, he's also the guy that portrayed Dak, um, which was Luke's wingman in the uh, Snowspeeder sequence of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Jason Wingreen did the voice of Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Mark Austin portrayed him in a then special edition of A New Hope uh, when Jabba comes to hassle with uh, Han Solo. Uh, Don Bies portrayed him in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. If you don't know what the special edition edition uh, to Return of the Jedi was, picture it with me. Literally the scene where Boba Fett not like kind of like does the little chin tap to the cute little dancer girl. Yeah, which that's a, that's an additional scene. Sexy. Well, well, yeah, it gives him a little bit of a, a reputation, but like that that was what they chose to do. Also, uh, Don Franks was in My Bloody Valentine as the sheriff. Oh, nice! Like the original. Yeah. Wow. Such a good movie. Nice. Yeah, like he's got such an extensive background. Like I said, it, he's one of those actors where it's like. Wow, you got him in Star Wars. Heavy metal. Yeah. Wow. Don't watch that, kids. Don't watch um, that, please. Daniel Logan, obviously, in Attack of the Clones and in Clone Wars. Dee Bradley Baker in Star Wars games and Star Tours, actually. <laughs> Tamara Morrison as a voice replacement uh, for Empire Strikes Back and in various Star Wars games as well. So those are the main guys that gave life to Boba Fett. Aw, uh, snap. The never-ending story series. What about it? Don Franks was in it. Oh, okay. The um, rock monster. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, Boba Fett was the rock. Mo- wow. Yeah. That's a weird connection. That's what's so interesting when you get in, when you dive into people's voice work, like mm-hmm. the the you know the connect the dots of wait this guy was this guy and that guy and what you know yeah because sometimes it's so crazy like yeah. the guy that plays Nibbler in Futurama was Megatron in classic Transformers yeah. <laughs> and was Doctor Claw yeah. Like and and gadget. that same guy played wolves, like actual wolves in the movie The Gray with Liam Neeson. Literally in that all the I mean all all the wolves are closely involved with actors, mm-hmm. so they're all fake, and they yeah. couldn't even get like they couldn't even get the wolves to do their own lines, <laughs> and so they were like, "Hey Frank Welker, do you want to growl in this microphone real quick?" And then they're like, "Okay, can you do the German dub now?" <laughs> Because this this guy would actually do his foreign dubs. Yeah. Of so he's incredible. Ma- he got so much more money by doing his own lines in other languages. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's like the realization of Alan Tudyk was Hey Hey in Moana. Right. That's K2SO, <laughs> guys. That's our droid boy. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, and the Duke of Weaseltown. And Duke Weaseltown. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so crazy, guys. It's such a rabbit trail. Um, that was so self-referential in Zootopia. Duke Weaseltown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Duke Weaselton. Whatever. Um, so, with Boba Fett, you know, the guy we came here to talk about. Um, come here, come in Legends, uh, like I said, for me, this was where Boba Fett was made as a character. He appeared in several books and short stories that were always very careful not to touch his past too much, not to take away from his mystery. Mm-hmm. So they always moved forward. They always moved him forward in the timeline or jumped not too far in the past uh, of his uh, character. So they left him ambiguous. 
which was the beauty of it. So when Attack of the Clones introduced his origin story, it really didn't change that much. Mm -hmm. And if anything, it gave writers more stuff to work with. But over his time in Legends, uh, we'd find all kinds of crazy stories, including stories where he we find out he was married at 16 and had a child. Uh, that marriage didn't last long. Uh, we found out that he dueled Darth Vader twice uh, and won. Uh, we find out that he escaped the Sarlacc three times. He trained Solo's daughter, Jaina, to, uh, Jaina, excuse me, to kill her evil brother. He led the Mandalorians as leader up until the age of 65 when we last read about his character. This dude was kicking butt up to his 60s. What's your excuse? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not Star Wars. <laughs> there, but there's, there's so many, like... You know, when people talk about, like, how can you love Boba Fett? Like, read some of his stories. There's so many to choose from mm -hmm. that make him such a great character and develop him so well. There are some that are just to make him cooler, as if he needed to be made cooler. But, yeah, like, the, Boba Fett is made in the Legends books. He's made in the Expanded Universe, not the films. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just something to consider before you criticize someone for loving a character that had such a minor appearance in uh, the films is, you know, he appeared elsewhere. And a lot of times, that's where people fall in love with him, is the after media. The mm -hmm. thing that comes after the movies. The thing that happens in between the movies. All that stuff. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, John. Knowing all of this, you the Legends boy, me the canon girl, mm -hmm. uh, can I make it any more obvious? What? <laughs> Never mind. That uh, just went over my head. I'm do sorry. you have any recommended, recommended reading for Boba Fett's legend stories? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot that you can really go down the trap, the, the rabbit trail of, but... Um, the trap. Most of them are, I'm, pretty much all of them are books and comics, so... Um, you know, uh, my favorites, I mentioned Twin Engines of Destruction. Uh, that's probably my absolute favorite Boba Fett story. It's a really great story where we find out somebody's trying to um, impersonate Boba Fett, mm -hmm. which is where we get the tie-in to the uh, Star Wars role-playing game, um, Tatooine Manhunt, uh, which features, features the character Jodo Cast, which is literally just a recolor of Boba Fett. It's really interesting stuff uh, that ties into actual behind-the-scenes stuff that created that whole mess. It's just an awesome story. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Boba Fett, Enemy of the Empire is a comic series that's really great. Uh, classic Star Wars comics, especially uh, Star Wars number 81, Jawas of Doom. Uh, that's when he first escapes the Sarlacc. Um, Jawas of Doom. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's like classic, classic Star Wars Marvel comics there. Uh, there's the Dark Empire miniseries. Uh, I mentioned uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, but there's also Tales of Jabba's Palace. Mm -hmm. Those are books. Both that, fantastic uh, if you, books. Yeah. If you prefer books over comics, I do recommend you at least check out like Twin Engines of Destruction for the story of it. Um, but if you're more of a book person, definitely the Tales of the Bounty Hunters and Jabba's Palace are great because it's not just about Boba Fett. You learn about other crazy, interesting characters as well. Um there's the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy, which is all about Boba and all the other bounty hunters. Um, so if you're wanting to know more about the bounty hunters, uh, there's that. And the Legacy of the Force series is the one that we mentioned before, where he actually trains Solo's daughter and whatnot. But um, just, I mean, again, just keep in mind, all of those are legends. But if you want to know more about Boba Fett's legends, then 
those are just some of my recommended readings uh, for that, because they're some of the best, in my opinion. I'm not saying for anyone else, but <laughs> those are ones that, for me, made Boba one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and I can definitely say uh, Tales from the Tales from series is one of my favorite yeah. series of Star Wars Legends books. Yeah, well, I mean... I think I'd say that's where most of your legends experience comes from, and, yep. and that's what gave you your favorite character too. Yeah. So you can kind of relate to how some one that has no relevance uh, from a movie all of a sudden has all of the relevance of your yeah. heart. Um. So all, all that said, in Legends, um, Boba becomes very closely involved with the bigger plot of Star Wars. Um, he's involved in both the first and second Galactic Civil Wars. He's involved in the Yuuzhan Vong War from the Mandalorian's perspective. Uh, he's involved in the conflict with those Solo twins so much more. Do you think Boba should just be a bounty hunter and stay away from the bigger conflicts? No. I think uh, he has ingrained himself so much in Star Wars as a whole. I don't think... I don't think he should just, you know be looked at as just a bounty hunter, even if he is the best bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. And I will stand by that statement, by the way. He killed IG-88. <laughs> Twice. That, well, in Legends. <laughs> in Legends. In canon, he's still alive. Yeah. Which, maybe we'll see him scrap with uh, Boba in the Age of Rebellion issue. When you call it scrap, I'm just, like, imagining fisticuffs. Exactly. I want the fisticuffs. I want the Robo-Boba fisticuffs. Robo-Boba. Robo-Boba. It's like that show that used to come on Toonami. Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo. Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo. Okay. Thank you. There's an appropriate way to say the Boba-Bos. <laughs> it's like Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. I don't buffalo. know what that is. It's, it's a complete sentence. Really? Uh, yeah. Saying Buffalo five times is a complete sentence. The English language is weird. Clearly. Um, I think, I think if Boba had just been a bounty hunter, none of what made Boba Boba would, I, I just don't think I would love him as much. Mm -hmm. He would still just be that cool guy. If he was just Boba Fett the bounty hunter, I think there's so much of what makes him so interesting and great <clears throat> that would be lost. And so many of his great stories would be... Um, well, I mean, they wouldn't exist because he wouldn't have gotten involved. He would have just been a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what establishes that Boba's got a moral code. He's got uh, he 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 thinks he he thinks about the sides of things. He thinks about the morals of things. Like you know, it's easy to kind of color him as just a bad guy, but really, you know, because of the legend stories that we see, the way he gets involved and takes stance, uh, he clearly has opinions about the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. uh, and in some cases, that pulls him into the bigger picture. Um, and I definitely think with him becoming involved with the Mandalorians, it, gave, it kind of gave him a bigger purpose than just bounty hunting. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he had these people looking up to him. He was a leader. He was an influence. Uh, and so I think his motivations changed a little bit there. You know, And it, al it almost cheapens the character to be you know, just out for the buck if he's just a bounty hunter, you know, yeah. then he's cool, but he's just collecting money. He doesn't have anything deeper than that, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I think that's kind of instrumental to him as a, as a cool character. 
Um, what do you think Boba Fett would have been like if Jango survived? What What do you think his story could have looked like there? I think he would have been an equally excellent bounty hunter, but I think he would have been a lot happier. Probably so. I mean, you know, they got would have started like the the Fett family business, you know. The family business. <laughs> Uh, Killing I mean, just, people, hunting things, you well, know. Well, <laughs> I mean, from, you know, I'm speaking from Legends because we just don't interact with Boba as much in canon. But even in canon, we see he has a moral code, but in Legends, we see even more. I mean, mm -hmm. he feels like he's doing the right thing by bounty hunting a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. He has this perspective, like him going after Han Solo, he does that because he feels like Han is scum and deserves to be punished like scum. And it's his job to do that. Like, he literally gets paid to do that, and he agrees with it because, you know, look at Han Solo's career. Like, you know, Boba Fett looks at that as he's doing something almost righteous by cleaning up the galaxy of scum like Han Solo and such. Yeah. And, and so, um, I, I think, though, you know, kind of imagining father-son bounty hunting... Uh, I definitely see that could have been a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Django could have even just retired. I don't know. I mean, yeah. In Age of Republic, we see he really cares about helping Boba get his reputation. So I don't think there would have been a big. I don't think there would have been a big reason for Django to retire. But. I don't know, maybe if he ended up surviving the Clone War, the initial battle of the Clone Wars, he kind of would have just been like, eh, I'm stepping back from this one. <laughs> I'm going to go take a nap. And, you know, and then, I don't know, I mean, I feel like a lot would have been the same, but I, I definitely think Boba might not have actually gotten involved in the bigger pictures. Mm -hmm. You know, um... He wouldn't have had as strong an animosity towards the Jedi, which would mean he probably wouldn't have gotten as involved with things in during the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I mean, I guess I can see him, him still definitely having that reputation. Yeah. But again, he's only like thirty-five by the end of the original trilogy, so you know his dad would have been in his sixties by then. Or close to it. Um, so really, Boba might not have really kind of taken over until much later. Yeah. You know, with him being so young, the, the reason he took, the reason he became the bounty hunter he became is because, number one, wanting to avenge his father, but also then wanting to live up to his father's reputation. Mm -hmm. If his father was still around, he wouldn't have that same motivation. Yeah, how do you think he felt when, like, he found out, oh, not only is Mace Windu dead, almost of the Jedi are dead. Well, I thought about that, because, no, uh, fun fun fact, in pre-production, very, very early pre-production for Revenge of the Sith, Boba Fett was supposed to appear and actually be the cause of Mace's death. Nice. Um, that changed much later in uh, story reworks, uh, <laughs> when George Lucas kind of cut down what was going into the film just because it uh, there was so much going on that it took away from Anakin's story. Yeah. Which is the story. Um, yeah, I mean, that was such a motivator for him. I feel like in one regard he would be like, ha, good. 
but it, he but he'd also kind of be like I didn't get to avenge my dad. Yeah. He would have just been like kicking cans down the street with the sad he'd Charlie pull, Brown he, Christmas song. He'd pull song a Kylo. Thing. He'd pull a Kylo. Yeah. Um, now, but, so that said, though, I did think about, uh, you know, the idea, you know, he had, having that animosity towards Jedi, that what, I mean, one cool story we could get during the 20-year gap up to A New Hope, maybe he comes to the Empire and is like, hey, are you hunting Jedi? I want in. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see him being like, hey, if anybody hears about a Jedi, let me know. John, what if he kills Kukruk? Would you be he happy? Can't. No. Or would you be he, sad? No, he cannot beat Kukruk. Kukruk is unkillable. But John, no. think about it. No. Your, your two no. favorite characters. No. no. They would have a all-out brawl and both would be like within an inch of death and then something would happen and it all they just go their separate ways that's a great way of not thinking about what it would be like for your favorite character to kill your other favorite character john well my favorite character would have to exist then kakruk does not exist yet (laughs) in in canon he has no reference of being a character yet dang it Michael? I'm not bitter. Michael Morrissey? Um. Help. But, like, I, I'd love, like, if they, I mean, they could do it as a miniseries. It doesn't have to be a big story, but just a miniseries where Boba's like, hey, I went in if you're hunting Je- Jedi. Like, I know they have the Inquisitors doing that, but, you know, think, he, he's, he did not get to, uh, get that revenge. And, yeah. you know, so imagine him finding out about Mace's death, but finding out maybe others survived. He'd want to jump on with that, I think. I think he would want to be like, yeah. alright, if I can't kill Mace, I'm going to kill some kind of Jedi. I'm getting something done around here. Right, and that would be a great five-part miniseries right there. Yeah. Him hunting a Jedi, and every, I mean, and then it would be something that kind of establishes him and grows him as a character. I think it'd be really cool. Some good character growth right there, killing Jedi. Yep, absolutely. That's uh, the only way to do it. I feel so grown as a character. <laughs> Just murdering. Well, and I mean, you know, you've got to think, like, I do feel like he ha- he would have to get that aggression out somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, and we've talked about this before of, like, maybe that's why he went down so easy. He was so distracted by seeing Luke, a Jedi, someone he, you know, something he's not seen in so long. He was kind of wrapped up with the thought of, I'm about to kill me a Jedi. <laughs> I'm about to finally kill a Jedi. Yeah. And, and then he did Right. Well, but... I love that element of headcanon where it's like, well, he's so zoned in on trying to kill a Jedi that, you know, Poor baby. it's kind of a lesson in being hyper-focused on something, mm-hmm. um, how dangerous that can be sometimes, but that's just my headcanon. But anyway, um, so Boba's relationship with his father is fundamental to his character. I mean, yeah. he is technically... His, he is Django. Yeah, that's not From a simile. certain point of view. That's, um, they're literally close. So, but Django himself has quite the story involving his relationship with his father figure. We've talked a little bit about, we hinted at this a little bit in, on our Mandalorian episode last week, but to kind of um, run down that story. So, Django was orphaned by an attack from Death Watch on Concord Dawn uh, when he was about Boba's age, mm-hmm. uh, about 10 years old. Uh, and was adopted by the Mandalorian leader, Jaster Mareel. Jaster trained and raised uh, 
Django in the Mandalorian ways, and uh, he served as a super commando with the true Mandalorians. If you don't know, so the Death Watch broke off. They wanted to do one thing with the Mandalorian heritage. Jaster Mareel and others wanted to do another thing. So Death Watch became, well, Death Watch, the defectors became Death Watch, and then everybody else became the true Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Django served with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they took various, they were kind of like mercenaries, guns for hire, bounty hunter kind of characters. Basically, they kept their reputation of being the best alive by proving it by selling their services out to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you want something done, call the Mandalorians kind of stuff. Well, during a job, Jester uh, and the other Mandos were set up by Death Watch, and during the battle, one of Jester's men, Montross, uh, left him to die so that he could try and take over, but Django saw everything, and Montross was excommunicated from the Mandalorians. Kind of should have been killed, but Probably. whatever. Then we went and have another story. Um, Fett led the true Mandalorians until he and his men were set up again by Death Watch, and the trap pit the Mandos against Jedi who believed... Jango's men to be Death Watch. Uh, by the time Jango realized and returned to his men, the Jedi had already killed them all, and the group of Jedi was led by, we mentioned this last week, Dooku. Yeah. Jango then, uh, enraged, killed six Jedi with just his bare hands. Sick. Realizing he had nothing left to fight for, he let Dooku live, and he never forgot that day. Mm-hmm. Literally the reason J- Dooku called Jango for the competition to see who the clone template would be mm-hmm. was because he remembered that. He was like, <laughs> I know a guy. Um, but to prove that Django still had it, Fett eventually, oh well, before that, Fett eventually killed uh, Vizsla and finally avenged his father figure, Jaster, uh, and began his own career as a bounty hunter. Years later, when Dooku was tasked with finding a clone template, Django and Montross were pitted against each other for, the, for a very specific bounty. The winner would be the clone template. Of course, Django won. No. That story is all legends. Yes, I'm, you know, it's all great, wonderful, awesome, but it is legends. But if you want to know more about it, read the comic Open Seasons or play the game Bounty Hunter, uh, which kind of tells uh, the latter half of that story a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both stories go hand in hand and are great and will make you fall in love with Django even more if you aren't already. Yes, which um, you should be. So, in Legends, though, we see a big reason for Django to want a son, to want the clone, the unaltered clone. Yeah. He has no one else. from his, Now, there's still Mandalorians out there, but they've run away from the fight. Mm-hmm. They've, they've said, nope, we're done. We, we're fine with not being Mandalorians if it means we get to live. Yeah. You know, but Death Watch, all those Mandos are dead. The true Mandalorians that Jango and Jaster led, they're all dead. Like, Jango felt like he was the only one, and he wanted someone to pass his legacy and the Mandalorian legacy, too. Mm-hmm. So, there's a big reason in Legends storytelling for Boba to exist. And in canon, with the new comic, uh, Age of Republic, Jango Fett, we see a little bit of that come back. We see a little, not the story elements, though, but Jango's motivations. He wants to pass on a reputation and legacy to Boba Fett. Yeah. He wants to give Boba something to take with him. You know, he's thinking about the fact that, you know, I'm not always going to be here. And he he's proud when Boba begins his reputation. When people start to know the name Boba Fett, not just Jango Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, I'm, I'm sure it has to be a very proud moment for him. Like, people know my name, but now people know my son's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and coming from a perspective when you probably felt like you had no one to pass on anything to, to now have that, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it does give some uh, layers to the father-son relationship there. Yeah. And, again, also adds that tragedy. Yeah. Uh, it was good that Django decided to pass on his legacy so early to Boba because he wasn't going to be there for the latter half. You know? Yeah. So, so do you think Django wanting to leave a legacy has as much to do with the clone troopers as much as it do, has to do with Boba Fett? Um, I think the clone troopers, I think it was kind of like... I don't think it was as much of a big deal. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think he just saw the clone troopers like a lot of other people saw the clone troopers, which was just... No souls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have to think he probably looked down on it in the sense of, you know, if from from a legend's perspective, knowing he knew real warriors. Yeah. To look at the clones like, they're just programmed. Mm-hmm. Now, Jango trained them. Uh, he actually, in Legends, trained them with two other Mandalorians. Um, you know, so he tried to shape them into the best that they could be, but I think, yeah. I really hadn't thought about it that way, but I think, yeah, he probably did kind of think of it as you know they're just they're not enough yeah which does get into some complex moral discussions of just clone life in general and everything but you know i can see him definitely looking down on like they don't have that warrior spirit Mm -hmm. they're programmed you know they're programmed to be soldiers not warriors they're not gonna create their own legacy they're gonna do what they're told so yeah. I, I I wonder if maybe he thought about it, but as as time went on, he realized, well, I'm glad I asked for a son, because these guys aren't going to cut it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot we just still don't quite... I mean, I'd love to know more about that, that whole thing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even with uh, the Jango Fett issue, we still didn't get a whole lot of his canon story, so... There's still more to be told about Jango Fett, and I hope one day we get there. Yeah. Um, what do you think being a clone does to the character of Boba Fett and his story? I don't know. Like, I... I don't really think it matters much. Well, I think... Well... I just don't think it has very much of a bearing on him. I mean, I disagree. <laughs> I think. Was... I think... I mean, I think that's an easy answer for you because... You're, that that's what you know of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there. I mean, there's a lot of psychological stress. I have to imagine, mm-hmm. with knowing that, you know, while you're a kid, there's millions of people out there that look just like your dead dad. Well, yeah, I didn't consider it that way. I thought like, as an adult, I didn't really consider it like childhood. No, well, I'm. That's what I mean, is, like, overall, like, him yeah. being a clone, you know, what does that do uh, to his character? I just got a real sad thought. Uh-oh, what? What if he ever, like, got into contact with Rex and was like, so that's what Dad would have looked like? Oh! Oh, that would have been bad! Oh, oh my no. heart, my achy, breaky heart. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, and then imagine, like, thinking, you know, okay... 
all the clones were replaced by now. They're just stormtroopers. And then, you know, yeah, Rex was still out there. There was at least two other clones that were out there. So yeah. it's like, no, one, two, three. Three or four clones were also out and about around that time. So it's kind of like, at any point, he could have run into the, one of them at the market, and like all that stuff you've just worked through <laughs> emotionally just all comes back. Just he's like on the floor. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it's interesting to think what, how, like, yeah. would he have buried it so deep that he wouldn't react, or would he just, would so much kind of yeah. PTSD resurface of... I mean, because you got to think, the clones are closely tied in with the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he doesn't just think about the clones, but he's like, you were created for the Jedi. Yeah. The Jedi killed my dad. If it hadn't been for you stupid clones, I would have my dad right now. Yeah. Not thinking about the fact that if there weren't any clones, there would be no Boba. But, you know, from the perspective of a, an angry Boba Fett at that moment, yeah. I'd have to imagine, like, there's a, there'd, be, there'd be a lot of animosity. Poor baby. It, he's a tragic character. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you look at the... Now, again, like you said, it doesn't make him a good guy. It doesn't make it all okay, all the bad stuff he does do. Like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make it out like he's a good guy and does all the good things of the guy. I'm just saying that you understand a little bit more how he could get there, I guess. Yeah. And you can understand a little bit more how he could have some of the feelings he has and maybe do some of the things he does because of the animosity he has about his father's death. Yeah. You know, and, um... Yeah, I, I mean... In the episodes that we watched of Boba Fett interacting with some clones and everything, I mean, that had to be so tough for him. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's why he had such a hard time in the episodes. Uh, we'll oh, talk yeah. about it more. In the clone well, Wars, I mean, he tries like, to kill a clone. Yeah. Or, yeah, he can't do it. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, like, think about that. Like, in your mind, you're like, that's not my dad. But then he looks at you, and you're like... Dad. Yeah, it's like, it. I can't imagine what that kind of separation would have to be like of... You look exactly... Like, we're not talking about people that make you think about your dad. We're talking about people... He looks exactly like my dad. Yeah. But I know that you're not. Yeah. Like, that has to be so mentally stressful. Mm -hmm. On top of everything of him trying to keep up this reputation, he keeps having people saying, oh, I knew your dad, such a great guy. Like He keeps having people remind him of how great his dad is, and he's wanting to do that, and at the same time he's wanting to avenge his father, and there's just so much in this 12-year-old kid's mind mm -hmm. where it's like... It's, it's a miracle that he did not, like constantly lay on the floor in a pool of tears with how much that kid was going through. Well, and, I mean, you know, that's almost how he can become such a faceless and kind of seemingly bad guy bounty hunter because so much of his humanity is a little buried under under the job, under, mm -hmm. under the reputation, because he doesn't want to deal with it. I can imagine not wanting to deal with it. You yeah. Know? It's a lot. I mean, it's it's a lot of baggage. Yeah. I mean, and you don't just go to Star Wars therapy. Like you don't. He doesn't just call a therapist about it. Yeah. You know. I mean, he doesn't. He, he's in his formative years yet again. Like, he already is dealing with a lot. He doesn't know how to deal with more emotions. Yeah. And it's one of those things like. 
we don't talk about very often, but when you've been dealing with something like anxiety or depression for a very, very long time, you kind of get good at it, in a way. Yeah, well, like, and I, I, I can see that being... You know, I mean, even in Legends, it was the case. Different reasons here and there, but, you know, there'd be times when it'd kind of come out where he's like... Kind of... Oh, all right, very great example. You know, thinking of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. When, um, I believe it's... Uh, I believe it's Matt Smith's character. If it's what I'm, I think you're thinking. There's of, a yes. moment where he just slips in the conversation casually. I had a daughter once, or like, you yeah. know, I was a dad once. And yeah. I, and Amy's like, "What? You you're just not going to talk about that? Yeah. You're just going to drop that and let it like and just like slips yeah, over it. There's times with Boba Fett where it, that happens in Legends, and it's like, what? You know, but he's he's. It, it yeah. you know, wearing the mask, it, it's a very good example of, you know, we see the mask, we see the cool helmet, we see all that, you know, under that there's a person that has been made into all the all of our expectations mm-hmm. by experiences none of us would probably wish on someone. Yeah. Um, so, man, that, see, and that's why I wanted to talk about Boba is because, you know, some would say he's overrated, and in some regards I would agree, but I also think he's very underrated. Yeah. I think he's sold short on how interesting and deep of a character he is and how much commentary can be had about his character uh, on just real life. Yeah. You know, and everything like that. Uh, and, you know, they're very, just further enforces why he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Well, with that, now that we've talked about Boba Fett for an hour, uh, I think it's time for some Q's and A's, Megan. I got some Q's. All right, we'll be back with that in just a minute. Weep, Lorp. So, John. So, Megan. We got some cues. We do. Do you got some A's? Uh, I, I do. Can you check the back? Uh, I don't need to, because we do. Okay. Why do people say that, like, in stores? We both worked retail jobs, and I can say there's nothing in the back. That's a lot. There's my... something in the back. It's just exactly the same as what you got out there. Well, no, well, okay, it depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> Usually. It, it really depends. Like, in my line of work and experience with retail, it comes down to, you know, lots of sizes or different functions. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's reason to ask, is there more in the back? Yeah. Usually there is, but I'm still not going to go get it, Shannon. 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 Shannon Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, like, buy this or don't, yeah. Karen. Get out of my store. <laughs> it's just like my name, Joe. <laughs> Uh, so... Yeah. But yeah, we do have some A's. Uh, so... $20. No. Okay. Well, never mind. You pay me... I magically lost all of my A's now. You pay me to leave. That's how it's gonna work. Okay. Um, so, we asked you guys, what Star Wars quote do you use the most often? That's a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) What's a Star... Okay. I missed a letter in there. (laughs) What is a Star Wars quote that you use most often? Ah. Uh, Rebecca and Brianna Nichols said, I have a bad feeling about this. I was surprised we didn't get more of those. I know, right? Like, like at least eight. That's anxiety, 24-7. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> what, like, have someone, when they ask you, what's anxiety like, just say, I have, I have a bad, bad feeling, feeling about, about this. this. It's constant in 24-7. All the time. All yeah. the time. About absolutely nothing. Uh... The two gates. The toe gates? The toe gates. That toe gates. 
said, this is where the fun begins. I, I like that one. That one. Uh, Stephen Green said, do or do not, there is no try. That was Mom's favorite. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Green said, you are an old one. Which I think... Yeah. Which I think he means, you are old. You are an old one. Bold one, it's supposed to say. Oh. Double typo. Wow. <laughs> like, I literally had to Google. I had to check. Like, I was like, is that cool? Because in my head it sounded familiar, but... No, I, I think he means you are a bold one. Something like that. I don't know. So, because that's an actual quote. Who said it? General Grievous. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello there. Uh, pretty much right after that. <laughs> yeah, like, he jumps down and, I mean, you know, he's being bold. He's taking on Grievous and all the droids by himself. And so. look who came out on top. Yep. Everything's and coming up over. look who was a burnt metal Although, scrappy carcass. That was a great sequence. Oh, yeah. Great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, where was I? Uh, Quinn Featherstone. Quinn Featherstone said, It's a trap! Again, one I did not expect to get <laughs> so few of. Yeah. I, I, like, I, th I thought that was going to be a big one. It's a good one. Uh, Anne Strange said that the day that they get engaged, they'll say, Join me, and we will rule the galaxy. I like that. I like it, too. Nice. Yeah. Um, Josh Smith said, That's why I'm here. I love that one, because I wasn't <laughs> expecting, and like I had a double read, I was like, really? But, like, I love it. Yeah. Because I can actually think of so many situations where it works. It's one of those things, like, not since the accident. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just like, it works. Yeah. It's like, good morning, that's why I'm here. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> like, not since the accident. <laughs> Just, just hit someone randomly with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip Bennett's Bennett, Bennett <laughs> said, impressive, most impressive. To clarify, his name is not Philip Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. <laughs> you just couldn't settle. <laughs> <laughs> is it French? Is it American? Is this real life or is it just fantasy? Um, I do like that one though. I do, I yeah. actually, I do use that a little bit too. Yes, you do. Because, I mean, it works. So many situations. Yeah. So many rooms for quotes. <laughs> Travis Wright said, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Our namesake. Yee. That one gets bonus points if we yeah, have points to give. Yeah. Uh, John, you go first. What's yours? Uh, from a certain point of view. Yeah. I, like, you I... You say it to me a lot. Well, I just, I mean, it, it's... That's how you think you like, want to argue. Well... <laughs> I, when I'm joking, yeah, uh, but no, that's the thing. Is like I do criticize uh, the manipulation uh, of it, uh -huh. but I also see the wisdom of it as well. Because you know, while Obi Wan uses it as a kind of like, yeah, I, I mean, technically, what I said was true from a certain point of view. I so, mean, technically, Darth like Vader if you, killed your father. Like if you squint and turn your neck three degrees to the east. It looks like I told you the truth. Technically, he killed your father. <laughs> I didn't help. Right, I didn't. I, I, like, my lightsaber didn't slip and cut off his legs and arm. I didn't stop it. Right? Um, so, obviously, yeah. I, you know, we have our feelings about its use in, yes. in, in the story, but at the same time, there's a wisdom to know, you know, I mean, I did a Monday motivation on this. You know, there's a, there's a wisdom to knowing that Things can change depending on your point of view. Yeah. And, and so there is wisdom, but there's also some uh, bitter feelings. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do use it a lot. 
Yeah, mine is one that I say to myself maybe like 10, 50, 100 times a day, <laughs> search your feelings. <laughs> because there's sometimes you just got to be honest with yourself and admit what you're feeling. Absolutely. Got serious there for a minute, but... Listen to your heart. Exactly. You just got to... When it's calling to you, listen to your heart. How many things can I throw at you <laughs> that won't <laughs> So many things, but please don't. Well, stop interrupting me. But yeah, search your feelings. Yeah. You know it to be true. And I also use that against you a lot. Yeah, and I don't. Because <laughs> I might actually find I'm wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> from a certain point of view. What, from a certain point of view? I can find some people that agree with me on the internet. And no, anyway. we call... No, I'm not going to make that. That's a commentary on real life, but yeah. anyway. Oh, Yeah. Um, so we also asked you guys, what's your Star Wars viewing order? And we gave you a few options and a poll, and we got one of them wrong, and asked you if there was a what? certain way to do it. We put Solo in the wrong place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, when I was, when I was typing in, I was thinking about Rogue One came first, and for yeah. some reason my brain just forgot the fact that Solo, timeline-wise, comes first, but yeah. you, you understood, you guys understood. Yeah. Um, 17 pipe pipe So I'm a tired pipe I'm from North Carolina, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, 17 people voted that they watched chronologically, a.k.a. 1, 2, 3, Solo, uh, pardon me, Rogue solo One. Solo burp. <laughs> Rogue One, uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, mm -hmm. and eventually 9. Yes, uh, uh, obviously, insert yeah. 9 were applicable. Yeah, uh, 16 people voted that they watched 4, 5, 6... One, two, three, seven, eight, Rogue One, and Solo in release order. Yes. That one hurts my brain. <laughs> oh, just wait. Ten people voted for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Rogue One, Solo. That one's straightforward. Yeah. Um, Palmetto Blue said that she watches in what's called the Machete Order, which treats the prequels as a flashback. This order goes Solo, Rogue One. Uh, four, five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it's garnered popularity from, um, I believe it's Sky Talkers podcast Machete. that presented this, uh, because, yeah, so basically it preserves the reveal yeah. Of uh, Anakin to be Darth Vader, to be Luke's father, um, but still manages to treat the original trilogy as the trilogy, the first kind of, you know, you still start with that era. Uh. Um, because some people have a problem <clears throat> with starting with the pre- I, No, I, I don't want that to sound like what it's not. I'm not saying- There are people that with I'm not, different opinions. <laughs> I'm not saying it as a criticism, I'm just saying some people don't like to start with the prequels. They like to start with what Star Wars started with, yeah. but also want the emotional weight of that uh, that reveal. Yeah. So, you know, they insert the prequels rather than watch them first or after or so forth or something. Yeah. Um, which I can kind of get, but being it's <clears throat> three movies, that's a lot for a flashback as well. So it's kind of one of those where it's like, I do get where your head's at, but I wouldn't watch it that way. Um, but I was... I was a, Surprised, uh, but also glad someone did mention it because I was wondering if anybody would mention that one. Um, I've heard about it before, I think. 
Well, because it's, it's gotten a little bit more popular lately, so, but, yeah, so I, that's why I was kind of wondering, like, because we could only put so many things in the poll. Yeah. I was wondering if anybody would bring that one up, and I was kind of glad some, somebody yeah. at least did. Here's the thing, guys. There's no right order. Yeah, I mean, at the it's end of the day, just you. watch the movies. <laughs> just They're watch great, the but, dadgum movies. Uh, but at the same time, I can understand significant, you know, yeah. the, you know, the reason we ask is because there is a significance, uh, personally to people why they watch it that way. Yeah. You know, it's, most people yeah. just said like, they just like watching it in like chronological order. Like they just <clears> like watching the story in order. Yeah. I mean, we've had a conversation before, like last night at dinner, I think where we talked about how are we going to show our kids Star Wars because it's that much of an emotional, like... Yeah. Now, to clarify, <laughs> this you know, the, this isn't what we were... were the question was really... Mm-hmm. Like, we're not asking, like, if you were to introduce someone to Star Wars, how would you show them? Or if you're yes. introducing your... That wasn't this question. This question was, you yeah. are about to sit down for an all-movie Star Wars marathon. I how are you watching? I you're wearing a diaper. <laughs> well, I mean, there'd be bathroom breaks. Goodness yeah. gracious. But... Yeah. How do you watch it? That what? it was more of that. Like, if you chose to watch yeah. a marathon, how would you watch it? What snack would you choose, John? That's an important question too. Uh, popcorn with uh, sour cream actual and onion chips. I would literally go to a movie theater and get movie theater popcorn because only movie theater popcorn is popcorn. But then you couldn't crush up sour cream and onion chips on top. I would bring it home. True. I'm saying I'm literally going to the movie theater to Very get proper true. popcorn for viewing. Because there is no popcorn superior to movie theater popcorn. Okay. I, as someone who likes to make popcorn at home, that, that hurts me deep inside. Well. I bought I, the I movie mean, theater butter truth thing hurts. just for you. Truth hurts. Anyway. Uh, I'm going first this time. Okay. Uh, I like to watch 1, 2, 3, Rogue One, 4, 5, 6, Solo, 7, 8. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting when you, when you uh, yeah. answered that. Um, I love the idea of putting Solo so close to The Force Awakens because I think there's so much, there's so so many similarities to the character in both of those films that are important, and I like that, I like that, I like that a lot. It's one of those things, like, how emotional am I gonna get for the hashtag, the bridge scene? (laughs) It depends on whether I watch... Solo before seven or after seven? I get that. I yeah. I I really like because I mean it. It's at, it's doing what it's supposed to as a standalone film. It's adding to the viewing experience, mm-hmm. uh, and I think yeah, it adds the most to episode seven. Yeah, also I appreciate that there was no like argument of adding Rogue One into the viewing order because like. Rogue One is fantastic, and it's oh, yeah. essential at this well, point. Well, yeah. I mean, now, I, I'm sure there are people that probably had opinions that didn't vote because they were like, well, I don't watch the new movies or anything like that. But, yeah. I mean, we were approaching from the positive perspective that everybody likes all the movies. Uh, I mean, I know that's not... Call the, that a hopeless optimism? What? No. Whatever. I mean, a lot of people do, and a lot yeah. of people don't, and those people that's just like your opinions. opinion, man. But anyway, uh, I do. Lo- I love your viewing order. But if I'm, if again, now this is completely different. I'm not ready yet to tackle the idea of how we're introducing our kids to it when that day comes. But this is just me yeah. sitting down to watch a Star Wars marathon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would watch uh, one, two, three, Solo, Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, eight, and obviously eventually nine. Um, me knowing everything, I love that. I love watching <clears throat> chronological. I just yeah. love being able to go from one movie to the next, um, and, and so forth. But now that to say, I I also love sitting down with your viewing order as well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea so much. I think next time if we do a marathon, that's what we're gonna do. But marathon, huh? I mean, we gotta break in like whatever. Uh, you know, we're trying to move up in the world, get a new apartment or whatever. That's mm-hmm. how we break in new houses. Yeah, that was literally the first thing we did <laughs> with this apartment was watch. We did put on a, a Star Wars marathon. Yep. And like I even remember because um, there was a gap before I uh, had to start work, and. So I remember I just started rewatching the Clone Wars too. Yep. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, nothing like Star Wars to reign in a new home. Yeah. Makes it the most homeliest. And that's why Star Wars is on top of the box. Exactly. First thing we gotta unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought I just thought that would be an interesting one because it's all. Now I didn't get as many whys to the viewing order. So if you answered those questions and didn't kind of give a reason. That was my main reason for asking, is I just wanted to understand why people watch Star Wars the way they watch Star Wars. But at the same time, it was still interesting to see how many people actually like watching Chronological. Mm-hmm. So. So, let me unlock the iPad. Break every chain. Break every chain. Oh, not that kind of unlock, never mind. Break the fourth wall. I can't even find the fourth wall. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we don't, we're... We're not going to build that wall. We can't afford a fourth wall. <laughs> we can't afford a one wall. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so, Ryan Bullock asked, what other Star Wars live-action TV shows would you like to share? Jern. Oh, am I supposed to go first? Yeah. Okay. So, because you stole my answer. Well, too well, bad. Well, I mean, we kind of share it. We both agree on it. Yeah. So, because of that, I wanted to think of something different. So, I thought about... Um, I'd kind of like to see a Master and Apprentice story set before the prequels. Kind of like see... Because I could think of a lot of things I want to see in the Galactic Civil War era. You know, the original trilogy area. But the thing is, we've gotten so much. I mean, we've gotten two standalones that add to that. Yeah. We've gotten almost the entirety of Star Wars comics dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. We've got... The casting and Andor show, we've got The Mandalorian happening shortly after that, so it's like, there's a lot going on there, so I thought, okay, the next best thing, now, Old Republic, I think should be a film series, I don't think it should be a show. Yeah. Next best thing is, what about following a completely new Jedi and Apprentice uh, in in the time of the Republic leading up to the, uh, you know, Phantom Menace prequel era kind of stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be interesting. I think it'd be really cool to see a Jedi-centric uh, story mm-hmm. uh, like that, especially if it is new characters. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And there's so much room for so many actors to kind of cameo and show up a little bit here and there um, without it being too big of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Good job. Um, I've said before a couple times, I'm a fan of... The Star Wars underground grunginess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd I'd love to see a bounty hunter series or yeah. like a Tales from Jabba's Palace kind of 
dealio. Mm -hmm. um, an idea that I had was, what if we got live-action Dr. Aphra? That would be really cool. Yeah. I would love that. Um, especially depending on where the comics go. I mean, that could still leave a lot of room for Aphra storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that'd be really interesting. That'd be a really interesting way to explore the underworld. Yeah. And, of course, with Dr. Aphra, we would have to have Triple Zero. Played Maybe. by who we came up with last night, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, and who, oh, Terry Crews <laughs> Terry as Cruz. Uh, BT. Yes. Now, now, I mean, it depends, because depending on when it takes place, you know, may, they might they might, they might, not be there. I don't know. I, the comics are still ongoing, Megan. As of right now, they exist, but who knows what what next month's issues could hold. Don't throw it at me. I'm I'm not the one writing the stories, okay? I have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've been reading too much, Doctor Afra. Exactly. <laughs> I'm fully um, functional for murder. But I do. I Everything yes, so. I do agree that I think Afra is very ripe for yeah. storytelling. I say I'm I'm fully there for murder, but I'm a Hufflepuff. What am I gonna you do? You are a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Hufflepuffs aren't that tough. I've I've noticed like most of my favorite characters are like murder bots. And bounty hunters. And I think you live vicariously because you're too soft to do it. <laughs> I'm a muffin. Exactly. Oh my gosh, you're that muffin from uh, Tomska from uh, Asdef. <laughs> Who wants no. a muffin? Right. Why won't you eat me? <laughs> you're just like the morbid muffin. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hashtag morbid muffin. We're all gonna die someday. <laughs> oh my goodness. You wanna, you wanna go any faster? Oh my Do goodness. you value your teeth? I guarantee I know someone who does more. <laughs> oh, That's my not gosh. my joke. I'm sorry. The, these are the realms of the internet that have made us the people that we are. That, I'm sorry. That was Game Grumps. All right. Well, um, on, yeah. our favorite real farm boy, Hattie. Howdy. Uh, asked. <laughs> that was so. What? Just howdy. I was looking at the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Howdy. It I, like, I don't, what, what, what is this supposed to what, 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 what do? Devoid of any southern accent whatsoever. Howdy. I don't have a southern accent. <laughs> 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 that doesn't count. I don't know what that was. You're from Georgia. You're from a very specific part uh, of Georgia. According to a kid in Albany five months ago, I'm from... Where did he say I was from? I don't know. I don't remember. He, he was like, I'm from some weird up north place. And I'm like, boy. <laughs> You're from Savannah, Georgia. Right. I'm like... I'm from Georgia. Yeah, and let me let me like break the wall there for a Goodness minute. Gracious. Like, I have to physically fight myself not to say things the way I want to mm -hmm. during this podcast, because <laughs> then nobody would be able to understand me. Nobody already <laughs> understands us. Exactly. We're just talking to the void. Yeah, I'm from the deep south. Um, so I'm from the deep south. <laughs> Shut up, little Nikki. <laughs> I love that movie. Anyway, uh. Oh my gosh. If you don't have the visual guides, what do you find yourself reading the most? What? If you have the visual guides, what do you find yourself reading the most? Oh, sorry. I was. I thought you were talking to me. I didn't realize you were reading the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, I, I, I have found that I've read the Solo and Rogue One visual guides the most just because they're so new. Mm -hmm. uh, and they deal with eras that, in Legends, we knew about um, that kind of are changed because of it. So... Like, yeah. when those came out, I was glued to those things because it was just so interesting to me to have that new new story. Literally. You got caught in some library paste. <laughs> no. Uh, 
yeah. but yeah, so I like those. Those are probably the two I've spent the most time with, uh, at least as of uh, recent, the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed uh, Droidography and Scum and Villainy. It's really like that's my wheelhouse right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Robots and murder. Yeah. Well, and those two are so so interesting. Yeah. Uh, as visual guides, you know, you yeah. have one that comes from the perspective of it's just a droid talking about other droids, and then you have crime files on scum. Like it's so, it's such a smart way mm-hmm. to do storytelling uh, with a visual guide. Because I mean, they they are still visual guides, but they do it in a unique way. It's really cool. Yeah, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks, guys, for uh, those interesting questions. We appreciate. Uh, every time that we have some fun questions to wrap the show up with, and we appreciate all you guys uh, answering our questions for you. Uh, Keep an eye out for our questions this week. That'll end up on the main show. Uh, Also, if you have any questions for us that you want uh, answered on the main show, then just shoot us those on social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can message us or just add us, whatever. Um, You know, we do put out a post and ask for them, but you don't have to wait for that. But... If you are going to wait for it, just be on the lookout. We love to answer your cues. Um, Other than that, just a few announcements that we have updated our Patreon rewards. uh, And we always encourage you guys to check out our Patreon because it's only with that kind of support that Nerd Herder can just continue to exist and grow and deliver quality content. You know, um, being able to deal with some of those very same issues that prevented us from recording. Uh, is so, made so much easier with listener support. So if you love the show and want to find a way to give even just a little bit back and get rewarded for it, check out our Patreon. We just updated all of those tiers uh, to find some of the best ways to thank you and appreciate you for uh, giving giving back to us and supporting us in an awesome way. Um, speaking of that, thank you to Rebecca on Patreon who uh, helps make all of this happen with not only her financial support, but also just her emotional support and her encouragement and just friendship in general. She's yeah. awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, and everybody should thank <coughs> Rebecca because, like I said, she's part of what helps make this happen. Um, and you can join her over on Patreon. One cool thing is that uh, coming up in the next week or so, 10 Things We Love About Revenge of the Sith will be going up on Patreon for early access. If you don't know, that's a show where we, as the title suggests, sit down and talk about 10 Things We Love About a Star Wars film, we've done Phantom Menace, which you can listen to as a podcast episode. Uh, We have done Attack of the Clones, which as of right now is exclusively on Patreon. Uh, But uh, it will be going up on YouTube the same time that Revenge of the Sith is uh, posted. So if you want to get access to that cool show a month in advance, then head over to Patreon to check it out. Uh, where you can also, uh, w- upon sign-up, check out the Attack of the Clones episode. All that cool stuff. We really love doing that one. Um, it's not a ranking. It's just us just talking about things we like about that movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting when you just identify the things you like. Because when you watch these movies so much, you can get stuck on the things you like. Man, I really I hate when they do that, or I wish they wouldn't have done that, or blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's so great when you can just sit back and just be like, what makes me love this movie? Mm-hmm. And then just talk about it. And that's exactly what we do on the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's just an, a way of getting extra content for being awesome and supporting us on Patreon. So check it out over there. Other than that, um, the only other thing is that this Friday we will be doing a double dose of Clone Wars rewatch. 
Um, again, as mentioned, our episode from last week was not able to get out on time, and so in order to kind of keep the calendar uh, unchanged, because there's so much that ties in with what we're watching with the Clone Wars and uh, everything, we're deciding to go ahead and just release two episodes this Friday. So there will be one episode about the Boba Fett arc, and then there will be one episode about the minor arc about corruption on Mandalore. So, all the more Clone Wars. Uh, also, sorry, Rebecca, because I know that's going to add to your already long list of podcasts for that day, but, uh, yeah, it's awesome because it's Clone Wars. So, uh, hopefully you guys will appreciate that, uh, and hopefully you can. that'll be a way that you can forgive us for missing um, that show. We, you know, we hate to do that, but like I said, sometimes we can't control exterior circumstances, so... But anyway, that's uh, the announcements. That's our show. I realize it was a long episode. Thanks for sticking it out. But with so much news to talk about and so much to talk about with the crazy, awesome character of Boba Fett, didn't really want to, you know, miss out on too much. So hopefully you enjoyed the ride. Let us know uh, what you think of Boba Fett. Is he your favorite? Is he not your favorite? Why? What do you think? Um... Likewise, any of the news that uh, particularly tickled your ears, let us know what you're most excited for. We we just love to interact with you. So head over to Twitter and Facebook and do that if you already aren't there with us. Um, we'd love to interact with you. Other than that, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have an awesome Thursday tomorrow. And we'll be back at you with a double dose of Clone Wars on Friday. Uh, but until then, guys, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I've been your herd mom, Megan. Stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Later, Gator.